Gun chest uncut Yeah, you know that's us Where we only speak the real And the real rock with us Where we motivate the people And the politic on success Oh no, we ain't DJ Khaled But they swear we the best Gun chest uncut What's happening? It's Contrast Uncut. It's season four, episode 15. Man, big shout outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. I appreciate you, brothers. It's your host, Zylo, aka DJ Juan Dollars, like I won some money. Ladies and gentlemen, today we got a really, really incredibly dope, dope special guest. You know, she is. All the way from the Bay Area, the city, San Francisco, if you don't know. She's an entrepreneur, fashion designer, philanthropist, and professional boxer. The current WBA female super welterweight champion of the world. You know, you got to refer to her as champ. She is known for her movement, speed, and boulder-like hits with those hands. She's the owner of Lifestyle and athletic brand Pretty Beast. With her non-profit company, Ladies in Power, it gives so many young girls, teenagers, and women an inspiration and real influence to look forward. As a fighter, she is a Golden Glove winner. In the, in the welterweight division, her record is 10-0 with her last fight back in December 2019. And if you don't know who I'm talking about and who's on the show, it is all good. We got all episode to chop it up with the champ, the Pretty Beast herself, Raquel Miller, how you doing? Yo, yo, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for having me, Tyler. I'm excited to be yes, here. Yes. Excited to talk and chop it up and you know, shoot some game with you. Yeah, yeah. I wish we would have caught some of the stuff off camera, but then again, it's the reason why it's off camera because the <laughs> game flows so good, it might come back around. But I got to tell you from the jump, time's the most finite thing we have on this earth, so I appreciate your time. I appreciate you coming to fuck with us, fuck with the viewers, and you know, be transparent. Be open with us. That's something that we really appreciate. Absolutely. And that's only what I can be. Like, I'm a pretty beast, but all I do is just keep it real and be me. And I feel like when you be yourself, that's all you can be. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, we don't do no faking. We just do come us. Come on. Come on. So, come on. You know. Speaking of time, Raquel, what's a normal 24 hours for you? The hustle is real. So, my life changes, like, slightly when I'm in camp. Because you kind of even train just even more. But 24 hours for me, as I get up, I meditate. Um, I'm going to juice. So I don't usually eat breakfast. I usually juice a meal. I'm going to do a strength and conditioning session in the morning. Um, followed by some work in the afternoon. I'm going to go to the gym that afternoon. I'm going to do some boxing training. Um, that night, I'm going to kind of finish up some of my orders for my line. And kind of work on next day. And just kind of keep pushing. So the day is... Constantly just going and grinding and pushing. So when you're in camp, that's when it's really like triple, triple overtime, pretty much. Yes. Because it's training on top of training, it's strategies, and then it's still running the other businesses. Yeah. So when I'm in camp, that's usually when I delegate some of the responsibilities because I'm so exhausted. Because I'm usually like on a regular day, you train like two times a day, but they're not like really taxing workouts. You're putting in that work, but you might do you a you know four or five mile run in the morning. Followed by like an hour and a half, two hour session in the gym. But when it's grind time and it's time for you to fight, you know, you up at like six, you got a strength and conditioning work at the track that's gonna be probably like an hour and a half. You got a little bit of time to recover, maybe do an ice bath, you come back to the gym, 
you're gonna do about a two, three hour session in the gym. And then that night you might have to go and put some miles in, you know, depending on if you cut the weight. So the schedule gets really rigorous and gets real, real. So you be tired, so some of the stuff you just kinda gotta delegate. So after fights, is there like a cool down period you normally go through where you like pretty much detach yourself from the sport and just have a reflection time? I like to plan a trip after every fight. That's kind of like my reward to myself. That kind of keeps me balanced. It keeps me um, everything in perspective for me because like fighting is a very taxing sport on your mind, on your body. Um, a lot of your family, a lot of your friends, a lot of guys that might like you, they don't really understand the, the, the sacrifice that comes with that. And so... The demand. The demand. is it's a trying, challenging sport to say the least. And so... After I fight that first like week or two, I want to eat what I want to eat, <laughs> and I want to go on vacation, and I just want to kind of like be, I want to thank God that I was able to be safe, you know what I'm saying, that, I was, that I'm still in good health, that I'm able to do something that I love, and I want to go and see the world so I can understand why I'm doing this. So what's the go-to like cheat week that you eat, and then also I notice you travel to different locations every time, so what would be the place that you got to go twice? I'm gonna go back to um, Egypt. Okay. Egypt was very special. I thought Bali was really amazing. I would go back there as well. And I just eat a whole bunch of bullshit. <laughs> I just eat cupcakes. I like cupcakes. I don't eat meat. Um, so I've been a uh, pescatarian and vegetarian for a couple years now. But I just eat cake. I like cake. I eat cupcakes and I just kind of live my best life. I'm not really a drinker or a smoker, but. Um, Sugar is my little like weakness, so oh. I just like that. I just eat bad desserts. That's kind of what I do. Oh, okay, she gave out cheat codes. If anyone's paying attention, <laughs> so I got a quote. Let me know how this quote relates to you, or if it doesn't, the ideas I want you to talk about it. Okay. Are you ready? I'm ready. Here we go. I hated every minute of training, but I said, "Don't quit. Suffer now and live the rest of your life as a champion." Muhammad Ali. Absolutely. Muhammad um, Ali is one of my favorite people ever, just the type of person he was. And it relates because it's real. Uh, it's really trying. It's really challenging, especially being a female fighter, because you don't get the opportunities. You don't really get the money. You don't get the exposure. So you're really fighting for a legacy. You're fighting for the women that's going to come after you for a chance to be able to fight for decent pay, to be able to make a living. You know, and it's hard training. Your fingers are constantly sprained and broken, you know, uh, you're constantly uh, injured and you're constantly pushing and telling yourself like it's going to pay off. And a lot of times people say to me like, oh, you ain't scared about your face. You know, you're not scared, you're pretty. And I want to be a champion more than I care about being pretty. Like I want to have a legacy. I want to, I want people to remember me for more than just being pretty. Pretty ain't enough. Mm. So, mm. definitely resonates. That's so powerful when beauty and, and pretty is not enough. It's the championship that, that settles in your mind of what you want to achieve. And right now, you are currently living the dream. You are the champion. And I mean, you've well earned it. And, you know, you had the last fight for it and you earned it. And it's just amazing. And you also kept this undefeated career. Like, I feel like so. I got the interim title. Um, and I'm coming for that world title. I'm coming for that strap. Um, she in my way and she got to go. So that's only a matter of time before it happened. And honestly, I feel like when you're in it, when you're living it and you, you're grinding and you're pushing, 
It don't feel like you live in a dream. You be like, God damn, when is that opportunity going to come? When is that breakthrough going to come? But then you also have to sit back and remember how blessed you are and how and how I'm in this part of my journey now. Like I was listening to a Nipsey Hussle quote today. And they were saying, like, once you get, like, halfway in your journey, there's no point in turning back now. You're already halfway there. So you got to keep going. So I think that that's where I feel like I'm at in my journey, where it's like, look, you can't see far to stop now. You got to keep pushing because you almost at the mountaintop. But then also I look back to when I first started and people told me that I couldn't do it, that I shouldn't fight and that women had no opportunities in boxing. And, like, where I'm at now, I feel blessed. But then the hunger in me feels like I still got so much more to prove. Yes. Something also Nip said that always sticks with me. It's on that Perfect 10 track on Mustard album. He said the one thing, the distinguishing quality he had is he never quit. He went through every emotion. He was willing to die behind what he was trying to get across. And when you're willing to put and sacrifice everything on the line, you know, that's when you know that that's for you. That's when, you know, it doesn't matter, like, whether for like us, we'll go and do interviews. We'll go to Nickerson Gardens and, and shoot the video and or shoot the, the do the interview and, and go through it. And yeah, we gotta be prepared, but that's just a part of life. Like you still mm-hmm. gotta believe no weapon shall prosper, but if a weapon does prosper, you gotta be wise enough to be prepared. Exactly. And so through all Where of you that. Got your weapon right back. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. For real. <laughs> and so, you know, that whole nature of just how we're growing up and how we differentiate, it's so important to put on people that that is not the way to live. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it is a world that you have to be prepared for. Exactly. And speaking of your preparation, do you feel like when it comes to boxing, did the game choose you or did you choose the game? Um, I can honestly say for some people, boxing made them. For some people, boxing saved them. I'm one of the people that boxing saved me. Like, I didn't choose boxing. Boxing chose me. Like, I've always been a fighter. I've always been... Ten toes down, like ain't nobody running over me, you ain't running through me, you gonna have to step aside. And so like I'm from San Francisco, I'm from Hunters Point. And I grew up in a city where it's eat or be eaten. And I just told myself I'm not about to be nobody's um prey. Mm-hmm. And I did a lot of fighting. Um, you know I was you know saying I was out there, I used to be into a lot of stuff. She was hyphy, really hyphy. <laughs> And, um, but really, <clears throat> just to clarify, I've never been a bully, but I've always been like nice, smile, laughing, and a lot of times people take kindness for weakness, Come on. and I ain't never been weak, and so my little switch just always go from zero to a hundred, so somebody Real might have did like a little something to me, and I just snapped all the way off, because I feel like, don't try me, like I respect everybody, I'm cool to everybody, but if you, you come at me, I'm coming harder, and so... Growing up in that situation, I remember like when I was young, I didn't used to, I remember I used to come home from a long way, mom, like all these girls want to fight me. And she just be like, you know, you're a pretty girl, girls don't like you. And so I just remember thinking like, this is kind of how the boxing thing really ties in. I realized that girls really like to argue and talk and be catty. Girls don't really like to be punched in the face. So you punch a couple girls in the face and you let them know, like, I'm not playing with you. Y'all not about to call my phone and show up and play with me. Like, I'm going to beat all y'all up. You know what I'm Like, I'm not playing with So that transition then to kind of realizing, like, you know, gives you a false sense of macho. You know what I'm saying? Because now you're like, you know, they know about you and they hear your rep and so on and so forth. But then also it's a respect factor type of thing. Come on. Because it's like, if you don't respect it and you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. And people think they can treat you any kind of way. 
And so that kind of transitioned into, I didn't, like I have an older brother, but we didn't really grow up close. And I remember growing up feeling like I had to protect my family. So I didn't have no big brothers to go get. I'm all we got. So if I got to pull up, I'm pulling up. Mm. And so that transitioned into, you know, guys, girls, whoever. If I got to pull up, I'm, I'm pulling up. Mm. That made you fearless. At what point did, you know, you get a confirmation that you're on the right path? You know, what'd you say? Was it along the lines of going through the Golden Glove motions? Or would you say beforehand when someone took a liking into you and put you in a gym? I feel like what one of my big confirmations for me was I remember when I first started boxing, like growing up, everybody knew me for street fighting. Everybody knew me for, you know, liking guns and stuff <laughs> and so uh, I remember thinking to myself like I'm better than a street fighter like I grew up you know I'm doing my thing now I'm an adult and people come up to me like oh, I remember when you slapped such and such I remember when you and I was like yo chill <laughs> like I'm, I'm not like you know I'm cool now like cool out. my hands is registered yeah not, for the record <laughs> that is not true boxers never have to register their hands people think that and it's really a myth that's not true now what's real is if you're a known fighter and you beat somebody up you gonna go down because they gonna tell the police you're a fighter. But if you're just a badass fighter that nobody knows and you whooping people, ain't nobody gonna know. <laughs> so it's not true. You don't register your hands. That's a lie. But what really had me know that this is what I was supposed to be doing, I remember thinking to myself, I'm better than a street fighter. And I really want to know if I was really badass or not. So I said, I'm about to train myself. I lost 50 pounds. I really want to just challenge myself to have my first real fight. And so throughout that, um, it just really transformed my life. I started eating better. I started, you know, reading more. I just kind of really just kind of got more into spirituality. And that just lets me know, like, when you're doing something and it starts taking you to elevate, it's making you elevate your life and it makes you kind of become more centered and you kind of more focused and it makes you want to be a better person, you know you're on the right path. Yes. And so, you know, like I said, I fought a lot of girls growing up, a lot of boys beat up too. <laughs> That's another story, but I remember one girl I had a particular fight with. I was jogging in my morning because I used to get up in the morning before I went to work and I used to run the Hunters Point Hills, the streets, because it kept me focused on why, on my why. Like these same hills and streets that I run on, a lot of my friends have been murdered. And so I feel like it's on my back to make it because they need to know you can come from the mud and you can make it. And so she stopped me one morning and, you know, at first I was kind of looking at her like, what's up? <laughs> you know, like, why are you stopping me? You already know me. Kinda, she was like, I just want to tell you, like, thank you. And I was like, what? She was like, my kids, they seen you running in the morning, they inspired. Like, they seen you in the paper. We inspired by you. Like, keep pushing. You represented for the community. You represented. And I should make me like, oh, I felt really, like, touched by that because I recognized that full circle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that was, like, a really powerful moment for me. And I realized it wasn't just about me. It's about my community. It's about my people. And it's about them seeing something that comes from, you know, negativity turned to something positive. It's beautiful when you can actually think of something and grow something and not realize what the turnout of the possibilities can become Absolutely. until you get to that circle. Absolutely. And then it's just like, I didn't realize I impacted that many or I didn't realize that I planted a seed in so many gardens and I was really focused on making sure that this garden I was focused on grew and didn't know that, you know, so many seeds flew in everyone's yard and boom, now you got so many people influenced. Exactly. And uh, that's an amazing first confirmation because that puts the growth in your mind of if I did this one thing, what else can it take me to? Exactly. And it take you to Dago. It's going to take you somewhere else, but that's none of our business. <laughs> yeah, and, it, and it's like, and that's one thing that I want people to really recognize. Like, I started just like, you know what? 
put like like Nipsey, I really love Nipsey Hussle. I just think that he was a phenomenal person, especially in his teachings. And just kind of like how he really was about manifestation, believing in yourself, but you got to put it on your back and, you know what I'm saying, ride with it. And I remember thinking like, I'm not going to let nobody tell me what I can and can't accomplish. Like, I'm not taking no for an answer. Like, this is my third time trying boxing. The first time I was discouraged because the coach was really inappropriate and told me women belonged inside of the ring as ring car girls and not as, as fighters. Did that y'all was, fight? I should have whooped his ass. You should have put hands <laughs> on him. I think back about it, but you know, he was an older, he was an older man, and I just was like, you know what, it's cool, and I, and I was, I was really pissed off. I really wanted to do. But that put a chip on your shoulder. It did, and but you know, like look how God will work it out and how it always would come back full circle. So yes. he he said that, and I really, you know, wanted to go upside his head, but I'm like, you know what, nah, I'm gonna just hold it down, and do what I'm supposed to do, and I just kind of left. I didn't even come back and get my stuff. I just left because I was so upset, and so. Years later, when I came back, I had my first fight at that same gym. I won fight of the night, and he was the official to raise my hand. And I was like, yeah, look at me now. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And then, you know what I'm saying, even to this day, like, they'll hit me up like, I wish you was my fighter. And it's like, God, is that getting to the same people that counted you out? They must can't count. Come like, because it always would come back around, and you just smile and be like, you know, you just kind of humbly just like, thank you. Like, I see you. That's I see a reflection, too. Absolutely. Because that's the the mold that you broke. Mm-hmm. That was the the cycle he was trying to put on you. And you broke it and in reflection, he realized, man, I let some talent go. That's like someone trying to sign the biggest artist and then no one believes that he's going to be the biggest artist. And then now you got Drake running around. Exactly. You're like, damn, he missed that opportunity. And that's just to help people keep going. Keep pushing. Like, you're going to have naysayers. You're going to have all that. But you just got to keep pushing and believing it. You know, you say that you start off your days with meditation and people don't understand the importance of meditating, the importance of just clearing everything out your mind and just allowing, you know, the universe and just giving that peaceful moments to yourself, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, some people go 30 minutes and can go beyond that. And, you know, that leads into manifestation, that leads into walking by faith and not by sight. And so I want to, you know, have you share with the listeners some of your manifestation and turn prayers into reality. Um, so I'm really big on manifestation. Um, and I don't think it takes long. Like, for example, if you can center yourself in the morning for like 10 minutes, it really helped me in the sense that sometimes I feel like we be having so much coming at us constantly. We have so many pressures on us because we're trying to do so many different things that you really have to just stop and center yourself. So I started really from prayer led to meditation. And then I started really kind of looking into manifestation, writing things down and stuff like that. And for me, I really, I get up every morning, I usually meditate for about 10 minutes, and I just really focus on my breathing. And I feel like putting those images into the world, they usually come back to you. And I think that it's really important to just kind of center yourself as a whole. And then it really kind of starts to give you mental space to see like, what do I want? give you clarity and you learn how to just deal with all situations better mm. so for me it's like I go on YouTube I'll be like you know because I'm human Damn, I feel like I'm procrastinating too much I'll look at me like um, I really believe in like supplement like, I really believe in like um, listening when you're sleeping you know what I'm saying and kind of internalizing things like that so I'll just play those type of um, manifestations and meditations when I sleep I play and I listen to affirmations all the time. Mm. And when I sleep, you know, so I listen to books in my sleep. Shout out to Nipsey Hussle. 
and I really feel like you retain that information. So it's like if somebody comes like, well, where do I start? Just start putting it in your sleep. Go on YouTube, type in a manifestation or you know affirmations, and just turn it low enough to where mm -hmm. you can still hear it, and just listen, and then just reckon, like wake up and like, yeah, I feel a little lighter, I feel a little clearer, and then it just kind of keeps growing from there. Get you a journal, start journaling it, and just really trying to get in tune with nature, and I think that that elevates you. You know, by going to sleep, listening to some very powerful words or inspiration or influence, that creates, you know, when you go into REM, those are the things that are on your mind. Some people will watch, you know, CSI, they'll watch First 48, and they got all this death on their mind and to how to solve it. And, you know, it's so important that you make better choices on what you prepare your night for, because essentially you're sleeping a third of your life away anyways. Yeah. And if you're sleeping a third of it away and you're feeding this nonsense, then, you know, you're going to cut your life even more because you're putting that pressure while you sleep. And you don't realize how far, like, I am an ID channel watching, so, and I don't really watch TV, but I used to, I watch ID channel, and legit, it start messing with your mind, you'd be like, they look like a serial killer. They look like, you just start you need profiling? I'd be looking at people like, yeah, yeah, mm. like, nah, no, so, like, what you, what you feed your brain, what you feed your mind, all of that matters. All of that dictates your thoughts, dictates your actions. It's all really pretty much intertwined together. That's why, like, I don't watch no reality TV. I'm living real life reality. I gotta watch that nonsense. Like, I'm out here in these streets. Like, but I look like living a life when I gotta live my own life. Like, facts, facts. But that's also you manifesting what you don't have to see. I don't have to go through this to know I got this positivity, this this energy and vibration that's ahead of me, mm -hmm. and I'm staying on that tunnel vision. Exactly. You keep Plan A, the main focus, and Plan B, C, D, all the way to Z supports Plan A. They're all branches to the roots of that tree. Absolutely. And, you know, that's important for people to understand. She's a champ. Like, it's it's not something that's handed to you. It's not, and especially in women's boxing, they put so much pressure on things that, you know, it's it's amazing when opportunities do come. It's, you know, there's not too many two-weight two uh, champions where they have to be vacated belt. Mm -hmm. Like, there's not that many opportunities like that there are in, in men's boxing. So there's so Absolutely. many different challenges. And, you know, it leads me to my question. What are some of the, you know, challenges that you feel you have to embrace to make you a better person in this sport? I think you have to embrace the fact that you're going to get paid less, you know. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Most people, you go, you don't fuck with uh, my man or your woman. You don't fuck with uh, your children. And then it goes to money. And they tell you from the very beginning, your money fucked. Your money is just. And it has to be something that you're really passionate about. You know, we still fighting for, you know, not even at this point. It's like, I don't even expect to get 80% of the guys, but like respect us. Like we literally, there, there is no like female training versus male training. It's all the same. You know what I'm saying? When we get in there, we put in the work. My coach don't say, oh, the girls do this and the guys do that. We all got to do that shit equally. So it's like pay us and respect us. Like we mm. risking our lives every single time. So why are we getting 70% less pay? Like that literally makes no sense. And then you sit in this, you put in a situation like, where's how bad do you want it? And you're like, well, damn, like I, you literally have to work a full time job and a full time hustle and train full time, you know. So it's like you constantly trying to stay home, but you kind of got to work a full time job. You got a family to take care of, and you could be at the championship level and you're still making pennies on the dollar. So it has to be something that you're very passionate about. But the money is a big thing. Um, one of the big challenges is 
finding the team that's actually for you, that don't want to have sex with you, that don't want to try to take advantage of you because you're a woman, that really just believes in you and your craft. That's one of the main things. And then it's like you got a bunch of snakes in this boxing business. And if they, if you're not trying to sexualize yourself over the top or if you're not trying to do, you know what I'm saying, some deeds that seem like in the back room, then you don't really get those opportunities. Or if you don't stand firm on what you believe in and who you are. So you have all these different battles coming at you and you're constantly trying to keep your head above the water and remembering that you're paving the way for young women and young girls that come after you to where they can have equality, they can have equal pay, you know, that they can actually make a living out of this and not just do it as like a hobby or a side hustle because you can't really take care of yourself and that you deserve to be able to be a fighter and a boxer and do it on your terms. Like I don't have to look like a fighter to be a fighter. I just gotta show up and whip ass and take names. Come on. And so I want young girls to look at me, you know, you could be a tomboy, you could be a girly girl, you still could be a fighter. Like I don't believe in letting anybody put me in their box. That's how the pretty beast name came about because they felt like because I was pretty that I couldn't beast in the ring. And I'm like, now nah, I'm here to tell you otherwise. I could do both. I could do both and I'm gonna do both well. Mm. And that's where the brand came from. Mm. See, you be taking questions from my page. Don't be reading my phone. I didn't. I didn't. Don't be talking about pretty beasts before I get a chance to talk about pretty beasts. I did not see the phone. No, and you know, I do love what pretty beast stands for because it puts the personification that, you know what, don't put someone in a box. Don't put this pretty face into a simple role of a stereotype. And instead, you put a standard of this is what a pretty beast should be. And this is what a reflection of what right should look like. And by putting that into the universe, it's one, it's received. And two, it puts a influence on so many different girls and women that they can reach their goals. It's just sad that we live in a world that's influenced heavily on where the respect is not due. Mm-hmm. Every, every person comes from a woman, like Tupac said. And we treat our women so wrong. And that's something I just... I can't for me. I have a daughter. I have a wife. There's nothing like I go crazy and sit down for a life sentence over that. Like, mm-hmm. and having that understanding of what you do for it, and you got people that degrade and, and step on stuff, and it just puts it so much harder for that bridge to get across for someone else that's doing things so righteous. Exactly, and I think that it's important. Like, we gotta protect our women, but we also have to give them room to grow and to not be put into like I'm more than just being a wife. I'm more than just being somebody's girlfriend or somebody's homemaker. Like, don't put your limits on me. Like, if I want to be a fighter, don't tell me, oh, you don't belong in the ring. I belong anywhere I decide to be because it's my life. It's my legacy. And don't tell me what I can and can't accomplish. Like, that's not cool. And I think that, like, a lot of times people think it's a compliment when they say to you, like, oh, you too pretty for this and that. What is pretty? All this shit going to fade. Then what? You know what I'm saying? Like, when I got them, you know, some belts and I'm telling my kids, like, man, in my day, I was bad. You know, like, that's going to matter. When I have young girls, like, you know what? I'm going to be a pretty beast. And I got little girls hitting me up from all around the world, like, we love you. Thank you. You know, we want to be a pretty beast. That matters. It's more than being pretty. Yes. You know, like, pretty is not enough. But it's also embracing that, hey, you know, there is this stereotype of you're a tomboy, but you know what, you are still girly. You still do have feelings. Like, there's still all these different intricate levels that doesn't put you in a box. And that's what separates it. That's brand makes everyone feel like, hey, I don't have to sit here. 
I don't have to take this. I don't, I don't. I can grow into being something beautiful as such as a pretty beast. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I do want to like, what are some of the things that you are continuously trying to do with your brand and how it's going to go moving forward with COVID and, and the restrictions that you've had to face? Well, for one, like with my brand, so the TV brand started from my nickname, Pretty Beast. And with my brand, it's like I, I just got some new manufacturers, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I really have some new product line. I've been having like issues like I'm an entrepreneur. I'm out here in these streets trying to figure it out as I go. So you're constantly trying to work with samples and figuring out, you know, good products. And so I don't want people to just buy my products because they support me. I want them to initially maybe buy the products because they support me. And then they get it and they're like, damn, I like this. This feels good. Like it makes me want to work out or it makes me feel smooth and fly when I wear it. So for me, I got some joggers coming. You know, I got some um, really high quality, like um, better workout apparel that's going to be, it's like a little bit better than dry fit. So for me, like I'm already an e-commerce business. So COVID helped me mm. <laughs> a little bit more than it hurt me in the sense that, you know, I have more people kind of like wanting to support the brand. And I'm really just looking to take it to the next level with production. You know, mm -hmm. shout out to all my people that support me, that rock with me. You know, they know I'm a small business owner, so sometimes I'm not able to get stuff as quickly as I would like to because COVID has been the whole thing. But they said they rock with me. They said they love me. And it's just like, for me, I'm really just trying to figure out how to make sure that the machine is well oiled, that it's running smoothly, that my customer service and everything is what it needs to be. But COVID has pretty much helped me in the sense that I got more people <laughs> that support me, that show me love, and I really got some new products coming out. And I just want to continuously grow. And that allowed you to evolve as a brand, too, because something that's important is what you're bringing to the table from an athletic standpoint is what fits you, what makes you comfortable. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff they don't make for all cultures. Mm -hmm. And that is a problem. Exactly. And, and this is how my brand came about. I remember initially I really wanted to be signed by Nike or Puma or Reebok. And so I was just like, you know, I'm busting my ass in the gym. And I'm like, you know, I'm a dope athlete. I don't think it's signed. And then I had to realize, like, you ain't never been somebody that needed some validation from somebody else. Create your own way. Create what you like because you in the gym. Everything that I sell, I wear. <laughs> Anything that I put out there that I like, I wear. I try it on in the gym. I put it in some work in it. So then that way they understand that this is not something that I'm just kind of slapping my name on. Like, I love it, I support it, I wear it, and I don't have to allow, I don't have to be approved by Nike or by Reebok. I approve myself. Um, you believe in yourself, you put that work in, then that is your resume. Yes. You, know, yes. you don't need nobody else's approval. What do you tell aspiring entrepreneurs and fashion designers about, you know, working with brand ambassadors and working with just, you know, working on, like, working with the people, you know, working with different angles, like, you know, what is your strategy? I really feel like be authentic to who you are. I think that that's rule one of the game. Like, everybody not your customer. Everybody mm -hmm. not going to support you. And get out of the habit of feeling like everybody has to support you. You know, find your niche and stay there because that's what's going to really gravitate. That's what's going to bring people to gravitate towards you. So it's like link with people, but link with like-minded people because you don't need everybody wearing your things. You need the right people to wear your thing that represents your brand. So brand ambassadors, like um, if you're about inspiring, if you're about pushing yourself, if you're about living a healthy lifestyle inside and out of the gym, like you can't be beautiful on the outside, but you don't take the time to take care of yourself. Come on. You know, like you got to take care of yourself. Are you doing the things that's necessary? Are you drinking your water? 
Because everybody can put on some makeup and a cute outfit and look good with the right ankle. But how you really living your life? Like, I'm about detoxing. I'm about eating healthy. You know what I'm saying? I'm about making sure I put in the work in that gym to where it's not just like the outside type of things. Pretty Beast is about inside out. Mm-hmm. So ambassadors, get at me if that's what you're about. I want you to represent my brand, but I also want it to be organic. You know what I mean? I want it to be just something that you're stopping on. Now we live this over here. We put in the work over here. We doing the work that's necessary. It's not just like a fad. It's not just like a thing. And so be true to yourself. Link with like-minded people. Everybody not your customer, and that's okay. Find mm. your niche and stay there. Know your market. Know your market. Yes. This game's a roller coaster. And, you know, anyone that's tuned in right now, they know your life has been a, a lot of highs and lows. And lows turned into highs. Yes. And then shit happens, and then we start back over. Yes. So, what are some of the key highs and lows you are willing to discuss in your career? Um, I like to just be pretty transparent. You know, like I keep it honey. <laughs> like, I don't have to do no faith because my journey is my journey. Right. So, obviously, one of the highs was being able to fight for the interim um, Walter Reed Championship um, last November. But one of the lows for me is I feel like I'm constantly trying to get bigger fights. I'm constantly feeling like I'm being played with in regards to getting those big fights and, and, and shady contracts and the shady business where you constantly feel like it's, you know, shady people, you can't get the right opportunities. Like, prime example, I'm supposed to fight for this real title, right? My my team is telling me, you fight for this title, you fight for this title, right? Okay, I'm juiced up. I'm excited. I'm putting the work. I'm grinding. I just fought for an intern, a little minor title right before that song turned up. Um, a girl called me like, hey, can you come to camp with me um, in Columbia? Dope, yeah, sign me up. She's like, okay, so I'm like, yeah, I come support you. Then I'm like, okay, what she ready for? The same title I'm supposed to be fighting for. <laughs> She's fighting for us, so I'm like, okay. And you're constantly trying to reach out to, you know, I have been my own manager at times. I have been my own promoter at times. You know, I have been behind the scene hitting up girls' managers, hitting up promoters. You know, you, you constantly battle trying to make your mark because everything that I've accomplished so far has really just been grassroots. Like I haven't got to fight on national TV yet. Everything, mm. the Pretty Beast gang, all of my following, it's all been just me on my hustle and been on my grind. Like they haven't even, the world haven't even really got to see me yet. I haven't got to shine on the major stage, but I told myself I'm not taking no for an answer. That's right. So you got to keep pushing. Like it be days where, you know, you might cry. It's going to be days where you feel like giving up. It's going to be days where you don't have that motivation. And I'm not going to sit up and act like I'm just some bionic woman that I don't have those days. Like, I have those days where I'd be like, you know what? It's some bullshit. My girl is some cupcakes. <laughs> <laughs> then I get my life together the next day. Like, all right, come on. You know what I'm saying? Get it together. But that's human. You know what I'm saying? But I, I keep working on it. I keep manifesting on it. I keep believing in my journey. And I feel like God has been brought me this far just to leave me here. Right. But every emotion you're going to experience. And just keep pushing through it. Yes, yes. Speaking of emotion and people not understanding the sport of boxing, uh, what is one thing you feel people got fucked up about, you know, boxing? Like, whether it's from promotions to to getting on national television to getting sponsors. Like, there's so many different things you could pick and choose. But what's one thing that stands out to the heart? One thing that really stands out when somebody try to get at you and that cut you scared of somebody or that you ducking somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like, you don't be understanding how bad 
I'd be willing to fight some people. You know what I'm saying? Like how bad I'm ready to get in the ring. It just proved like I've been ready. I'm, I'm actually itching for this opportunity, but there's so many loopholes and so many different people that that's pulling strings behind the scenes. So people be hitting you up. When you gonna fight this person? When you gonna? I'm like y'all. Y'all only knew. I then screamed at my manager. You know what I'm saying? Had yelling matches. Called my team. You know what I'm saying? Cussing it. Busting like, yo, what we waiting for? Like, how many times do I gotta have opportunities pass me by because y'all on some bullshit? Like, what's up? So I think a lot of times people be having to mix up when they think that you be ducking a fighter that you're scared of a fight or that you, you know, don't want a certain opportunity. Like, you itching for it. You ready for it. And I think that um, another false is that we're not training as hard as the men. We probably train it even harder because you feel like you got that much more to prove. Right. Whew. Some little baby in there. <laughs> what has been your three dopest moments so far in this game? You know, you know, and that's that's infusing boxing, that's infusing pretty beasts, that's infusing those trips after the fight that you probably plan and pack a month before, but that's none of our business. Three dopest moments for me. One is my Fight Like a Girl event. I do a yearly event with my nonprofit organization, Ladies in Power. Shout out to Ladies in Power. Um, where we get about, last year we had 50 girls come and it's a day just of encouraging the girls. It's about teaching them that you can fight like a girl, you can be bomb like a girl, and I get a lot of other female boxers and other people that are in the boxing community to just teach the girls about confidence, mm -hmm. about loving themselves and not, like I always say, allowing nobody to put you in the box. And when I initially started the girls, like especially this day of the girls are scared, they're kind of timid, they're quiet. And I'm like, you know, we'll have some fun, unbox, and none of them are really confident. And at the end of that day, you know, it's like a boot camp, we do it for days, like, you know, it's like a little course for the day for the girls. They're so excited. They're so confident leaving there. They're, that's not why. You know, I see these little girls and they love me. And, you know, I just see them year after year and they're constantly sending me their little diplomas and they sending me you know, their achievements and they're, they're trying skateboarding and they're trying all these different things that they don't feel like they could have done before. So that's definitely one of my main whys. Um, one of my second is being the first in my family to get a passport and mm. having 27 countries underneath my belt now. And 27? Yes, I got 27 countries under my belt. And I think the third for me is when my mom told me like, I could never walk in your shoes, but I'm super inspired by you. Because I never initially, like, my mom, I used to give my mom hell. I've been expelled from all these schools and did all of this street fighting. And for her to really come full circle and tell me, like, you inspired me so much to keep pushing. I'm proud to have you as my daughter. And even though she doesn't like me fighting, she hates that I fight, she understands that it's a part of me. And the fact that she says that, I inspire her and she's one of my favorite people ever and she's one of the strongest people I know. That makes me feel like all of those late nights and fights and getting expelled and all of that stuff was worth it. <laughs> <laughs> well, full circle, full circle. Yes. As you said off where your mom, you uh, wasted a lot of her prayers on you, but... Yes, I take all my mom prayers. Shout out to my mama, but... In reflection, <laughs> look what... Look, just look. Look at yes. that. You know, look how great our God is. Absolutely. Whew. All right, I'm gonna take a pause on these sports and and, and uh, fashion questions and about the brand. I want to dig into my two segments and my first segment is my awareness segment. 
And it is specifically something that we go through a lot being in the hood. And it's the red and blue lights. It's the blurb sound. It's the high beam on the back of your neck. And next thing you know, we're getting pulled over. And I like to ask every guest of mine, when was the last time they were pulled over? And what's the advice they can give in the situation of interacting with the police and getting through it? Uh, the last time I got pulled over, I got a speeding ticket on the five. And it was a really interesting situation. Um, I had went on a trip prior to my, my trip back home. I lost my driver license. Um, so I didn't have my actual driver license, the physical copy, but of course I had my um, number. And the police, it was like two, three o'clock in the morning, you guys. I'm on the five, it's my sister and I and my nephew in the back seat. And the police pulled me over, and I actually had a picture of myself on my phone. You know, like, look, this is who I am. I lost my ID last week, and I had to come travel. So he was like, get out the car. I'm like, for what? You know, like, for what? So, you know, we kind of was having some words back and forth. I'm like, look, you don't pull, I'm not pulling no threat to you. It's 3 o'clock in the morning. We're on the highway. Why would you even, like, want me to get out the car? Period. You know, so... We kind of start going back and forth a little bit. I'm like, you gonna have to call some backup or something like that because I don't understand the reason why I'm calm. You know, here's my here's my license, the picture of my license is my license number. Here's my insurance. There is no threat to you. Like what? And so I felt like in that situation, I had to remember to stay calm because you know I was really like my blood was starting to boil. That she really was talking about get out the car and you know put you what the what? Like what are you talking about? So. Definitely staying calm in those situations. You know what I'm saying? Knowing your rights. You know what I'm saying? Knowing how to carry yourself in those situations can really, you know, help you in those situations. And, um, but I was very irritated and very frustrated by that just based off the fact that sometimes I feel like they try to take advantage of you or try to play you on some nonsense. For what? Like, you don't pose no threat to nobody. What? You want me to go to this car? What you want me to do? Put my hands up behind my ear? You know what I'm saying? Put me in some handcuffs because... I told you I lost my driver's license, and I'm giving you my driver's license number and the picture of me, and I'm telling you exactly who I am, like, you know, we got to do better. Yes, yes. But staying calm, having your stuff together, have all of your stuff together. And sometimes that ain't even enough. You can still get killed and still be over-policed. And, you know what I'm saying, I don't hate police. I hate racist police. You know what I'm saying, I hate shady police. My best friend's the police. Um, Shout out to Tierra Brown. You know, she's just an amazing person. She's an amazing police. So it's not all cops, but it's a lot of bullshit. It's a lot of shady cops, and it's a lot of bad cops getting covered for, and that's the problem. Because they're thinking of the bigger picture of that this will tarnish this brand of pretty much a justice system that's corrupted, and it makes injustice acceptable by what they do. So they'd rather tar- you know, make everyone feel some type of way, pay them off, and wash it. And it is a sad, sad reality. I feel knowledge is power, but when you use that knowledge, it becomes your superpower. And especially with interacting with the police and keeping a calm set of morals and, and uh, what's the right word, rebuttals mm-hmm. that will hit you and get you out the situation is so key. Being prepared, having the windows down. If it's 3 o'clock in the morning, having the lights on just so he can see what's yeah, in the Yeah, like ain't nothing in here. Like lights is on, the windows is down, you know, so we all got our seatbelts on. This baby is properly, you know what I'm saying, Secure. she got into this seatbelt, so, you know, yep, I lost my driver license, give me my ticket, and send me on my way. That's it, but people want to use their authority as power, and they always want to break people down, and, and you know, 
and it's not everybody, but there are people out there that use their badge as a shield of honor instead of a shield of protection. Exactly. And they take that honor into the wrong hands, and you know we get bad results. We get civil actions. We get protests. We get so much. And I added this segment because you know, growing up in the hood, a lot of us did not know. We didn't talk about what to do if we get caught. We didn't talk about what to do if we get pulled over. We always planned out shit on how to get to the next step. Mm-hmm. Not to think of if there was going to be a hole in the ground, a speed bump, something in there that throws us off our game. Exactly. And as soon as, you know, them boys get on you and, and the lights hit, that's when you have to be prepared for all of it. And I wasn't, my folks wasn't, we sat down and it's a whole bunch of stuff that occurred from that moment. And I always took it upon me if I ever have a platform that I would always shine the light on, you know. Not having a dad is not an excuse. Good game. So many OGs mm-hmm. would tell you, but you gotta, they got to know that you ain't got the game. Exactly. Yes. Education is power. You know what I'm saying? Like you can't feed your brain with nonsense all the time and expect to evolve. You know what I'm saying? Like I'm constantly reading books. I'm constantly, you know, like learning new manifestations. I'm constantly just trying to feed my brain so that I can be full circle. Yes. Yes. I got my next segment. It's called Impulse Q&A. I got impulse questions I wrote down to take your mind off the heavy shit we just got done talking about. And you give okay. me your impulse answers. You don't like my question, it's all good. You ain't going to hurt my feelings. Just say pass. i hit you with another one. <laughs> Are you ready? Ready. Let's go. Question number one. What is the show you watch the most if you were to, you know, spy, if we were to spy on your streaming or uh, on-demand channels? I'm going to watch ID channel all the time and I'm going to watch random documentaries all the time. Mm, Any specific documentaries? Uh, I like them all. I just be liking the no stuff. So I'll be watching serial killer documentaries. I just watch the drug documentary. I just watch a documentary about social media and how they program us. Yeah, like, so I'll be like, have lost information. Like, yo, they programming us, but I don't think that. But anyways, so I just want to learn. I like to know. Don't get me started on that social media (laughs) shit. That shit had me like, yeah, that was crazy. Fuck? Like, yo. I want to put my phone down now, yeah. but I'm doing all my work on here, so now it's You're fucking my head up. Why are you controlling this next thought? We of mine? are the product, and you know what I'm saying. We are being sold. But that in was, reflection, because I always say everything's about reflection. In reflection, in that situation, if you know how to use the platform, then you can also sell your stuff and get it out exactly. there. So it's a catch twenty two, but definitely. Man, I haven't had a catch 22 in a while. Uh, question number two. If you had to give up one of the following for a year, what would it be? Cupcakes or shoes? <laughs> Damn. Wait, I can't get no new shoes. I can keep all the shoes I got. All right, I'm giving up the shoes. I got a lot of shoes. <laughs> I got a lot of shoes. I'll be alright. I don't want to give up the cake. I'm keeping the cake. Okay. Question number three. What is one thing you hate but you wish you loved? I wish I I hate running. I wish I loved running. Mm. Yeah. I hate running. But I wish I loved it. Like Kinda of like your ankle be hurting you, like, uh, just like, just, 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 just,
and I was pretty good and then it was I was when I was cutting weight when you go from fat to skinny and then you pound on people with that muscle mass yeah it was fun and then shit happened the next year <laughs> and someone cut down and they would stay qualifier and yeah I didn't yeah, get my spot like, no more. Yeah, like, you know, a fight that you constantly, you know what I'm saying, cutting weight, you know what I'm saying, you be hungry, you be tired, you be having plastic on some days, and you just be running your life away. Even times dudes and got mad at me and wanted to go to date with me, he's like, I can't go. Like, why well, I gotta go run? They be thinking I'll be playing, but I'm not playing. <laughs> I'm serious. You better go running with you. Yeah. Y'all so. better stop playing with her. She a champ. Yeah, man. So, yes, that's, that's fine. So, you have survived my awareness segment. You have survived my impulse Q&A and as a reward, let's promote. Let's get everybody on the PB brand. I know we talked about it earlier, but you know, let's let's get people on copying the latest gear. Let's put some yeah. pressure where it deserves. Right. First, okay. go go ahead. Oh. I was wondering, because um, I know how like your where you come from as far as your city it shapes you. When you think of Nipsey Hussle, you think of LA. Mm-hmm. So like, how has San Francisco shaped you? How has San Francisco shaped me? San Francisco shaped me because it taught me how to be a hustler. San Francisco taught me about being an entrepreneur. San Francisco taught me about how to make a way out of no way. And it also taught me like have and have nots. Like, of course I grew up in a, you know what I'm saying, rough area in San Francisco, but I could take a bus ride, you know, for 20 minutes and you'd be seeing million dollar mansions. And so it showed me what was possible. So shout out to San Francisco because it definitely it's a di- you know what I'm saying, shape the diamond in the rough because you grew up in the hood, but then you see what's possible. You look out there, you see the Golden Gate Bridge, you know, you see these million dollar houses, you see in Bentleys and, you know, Maserati's before it was even a thing. You know, before everybody was having in San Francisco, you know what I'm saying, it's been a world class city and it was always money to be made and it taught you either, you know what I'm saying, you get on your hustle or you just kind of get left behind. So San Francisco definitely made me the entrepreneur. You know, it's an amazing story you brought about San Francisco. Uh, Big Rich told me how they was hustling back in the day. And apparently, Big Rich lived in the same building as uh, Andre Nicotina and, and uh, oh, bro, one other person. That's dope. And, like, long story short, uh, JT the bigger figure. Mm-hmm. And so they all used to live within the same apartment building on different sides. And, you know, it was like, a, at the end, it was a project. Long story short, one of them had a, a karaoke machine. Big mm-hmm. Rich did. So everybody used to come and record with Big Rich. And JT the Bigger Figure saw them recording on his karaoke machine and used to take their tape that they did and hustle it. And so he would sign them. And so Big Rich realized that he was taking his product and having it go over here around the corner. And then they all started working together. But that's just the hustle and drive of San Francisco. Mm-hmm. They took that of, oh, I could do this. I could record this. I could sound good. I could play this for over here. They hear it. I want it. And then boom, the sales happen. Yeah. And it just teaches you entrepreneurial hustle. You know what I'm saying? Pop that trunk, sell your clothes, you know, your music, be on the corner hustling your mixtapes. And, you know, that's just been the thing. And I can remember that. Like I was telling you guys off camera how I was young and we used to need money. We used to go on Craigslist into the free section. <laughs> we would find free stuff and then we would repost it and sell it and really make money. And we was literally like, Come on, it's, and you know what I'm saying. I was like looking back; it seemed like that was just what you did. You know what I'm saying? It didn't really seem. But now, when I look back, it was like it was just like that. That hustling. You know what I'm saying? Like we used to just figure it out and go, and go get it. And that's mm-hmm. how it's always been. And I think that that's one of the biggest things that I love about being from the Bay, being from San Francisco, is you know what I'm saying, ownership, being an entrepreneur, making it happen. 
Mm. If there's a fight that you would recommend someone to watch of yours, which one are you putting them on to watch? What's going on the big screen? What's going on the wall of the projector? Um, that's a really good question. I feel like that's one of my favorite fights. I had a fight, um, I don't even know that lady name, but it was in New York. And I think it was um, in Queens. That was a good fight. Um, I thought it was a good fight, but I feel like you can pull up my fights and you can see, you know, I've had a couple of knockouts. You know, I'm one of the only girls in my division that actually got knockouts. Um, and not just technical knockouts. So I just feel like just pump me up on YouTube. You're going to definitely be inspired just from, you know what I'm saying, just the fighting, the training, and just kind of like the, the journey period. So I just feel like I don't necessarily have a favorite, but I feel like you pull up on YouTube, you're going to be inspired. Because I'll be going, I'll be putting Disclaimer. What you find on YouTube, you're going to find someone hella lit. You're going to see someone hella hyphy. <laughs> and you're not going to see the same calm person that's sitting next to me that's keeping itself subtle and real. Um, and, and I just want to thank you for sharing your platform with me. Um, definitely just coming to show me some love. It really makes a big difference because, like, in this new day and age, you guys are pushing the culture. You know what I'm saying? You guys are showing the stories that are underground, you know what I'm saying, the up-and-comers. And I'm just thankful for that, just to be allowed to share my story on your platform. Um, shout out to my nonprofit organization. I definitely want you guys to check it out. It's called Ladies in Power. Uh, ladiesinpower.org is the is the website. And you can find it on social media platforms under Ladies in Power. And it's all grassrooted. You know, we're not funded. I do it out of my pocket. My sister is the co-founder. Um, shout out to Tanisha. Tanisha. She plugged and made this happen. Yes. Thank you. She's dope. And uh, she's um, one of my business partners. But... She's amazing, and I'm just thankful. I feel like, you know, when you get to a certain level, you got to give back and pay it forward. Um, the brand is under thepbbrand.com. That's the website. I'm definitely going to be doing some crazy um, Black Friday sales. Um, and just a new movement. I have, um, I do um, online classes via Zoom. So, you know, work out. Like I said, help as well. Follow me on social media. I'm always showing you guys how to juice different workouts that I'm doing. Like I said, I believe in full circle taking care of yourself and that's really what the brand represents you know so you can follow me on instagram under ms period raquel miller facebook i know under raquel miller and it's really just about inspiring the culture you know yes yes health is wealth baby yes facts that makes your life go 20 years plus if you just make some changes on what you put in your stomach now if you notice raquel my show is different it's unique you know, they got segments, so I got to do segments, but I don't do segments like those guys. And I'm like, how do I keep that same energy and close out? The viewers knows it's coming, and I'm going to hit you with it. You got any ah, questions for me? <laughs> oh, let me run that back. You got any questions for me? Let me think, let me think, let me think. Um, what do you think about lady, uh, women boxing? Have you always been supportive of women fighting and women boxing? Yes. The reason why is because, like, you know, at the end of the day, a woman has to be able to defend herself if something does come to that nature. And to see someone that is the same thing that looks as them or it looks as a woman on there and, you know, providing and at the same time putting on for boxing and putting on for themselves. And that inspires other people not to be afraid, not to be afraid that something's going to happen to me. There's no like I don't feel like there should be a victim in everything, but in some things you can fight back. And that's one thing that I really enjoy about watching women boxing, women MMA, like, because they stand their ground and, and it's mm-hmm. all methodical. Like, women are very methodical. They yeah. think everything through. And so when you can see that in a war, and, and going, it's, it's amazing because you get to really see someone really test themselves. And then I think it's hella cool that, 
you be seeing all these different cultures get uh, uh, what's gonna call it uh, braids, you know, and it be like they're embracing the culture and not even realizing it, mm-hmm. and that's something that has to go into back to it's to the sport. They they feel like they got to do that so they, they don't get their Make hair. Make you pulled. feel like a warrior, and you know your hair not going nowhere. Like I would never fight without my braids because the one time I did have a fight without my braids, my hair was all over my head, and I was like. Damn, my coach was irritated with me. Like, tiny shit. <laughs> we was in the corner. I'm like, I'm sorry. I had, like, my hair. It wasn't right. So, it was, yeah, that's definitely important. Um, Man, on that note, it's Contrast Uncut. It's season yes. four, episode 15. Man, big shout-outs to Uncle Snoop's Army and Bobby D Presents. Definitely. I appreciate you, brothers. I wouldn't be able to do incredibly dope shit like chop it up with Raquel Miller, the champ. Yeah. And, you know, talk about some diamonds dropping that she's spitting out. And before they hit Thank the ground, you. they just shine like a diamond in the rough that comes out the mud. Thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Thank Shining you for having diamonds. me. And I just want to shout out to all of my supporters, all of my fans. You know, we definitely supporting Kylo. We're super dope. You know what I'm saying? Pretty Beast Gang. We out here. We love you guys. I got some great things coming. You know, I'm going to have a podcast drop and shoot. Somebody going to come and be part of my podcast, please. Absolutely. Will the belt be there? Because I want to see yes. the belt. I ain't never so touched the championship sorry. belt. I should have brought the I wanted belt to touch a championship you belt. You have to tell me. So we got to kind of do like a follow-up, especially when I get the mother title because they come in really soon. But I promise to come and see you, come and show you some love, show you the belts. Because it's pretty cool to see it. They're like really heavy and they're nice. It's like, it's kind of nice. And I'm really sorry that I didn't bring it to you guys. So. We got to do a part two so you can see the belts. You know, that's the funny thing, too, is, like, the belts. I mm-hmm. I never touched one, but I've held a Grammy. I've held an Emmy. Mm-hmm. And them motherfuckers is heavy. Yeah, the belts You know, are really real good. hardware, be, it's hard. It's wear. Yes. It's a meaning to that. And so I was like, I wonder if it's real leather. Is it real gold on there? You know. Or is it I gold plated? I think it's probably gold plated. They need to give us some goddamn real gold and we be in there fighting for Bruh, that don't be fake. That don't be blood-plated. Like, you get what I'm saying? Yeah, but they're really, it's nice. You know what I'm saying? And then, like, if you want me to, I don't live that far. I'll go get the belt for you. If you want to get some roll with it, I'll go grab it. Because I live, I live, like, five minutes away. But it'd be pretty dope to have it. And I will grab it so you can see it. I'll grab both of them so you can see them. And then you can see, like, kind of what it means to have, like, um, a minor. And then you kind of see what it's like to have a major one and the difference in the belts and stuff. Yeah, because I noticed you was like minor and you was like major. Yeah, like it's a, it's, it's, it's a difference. It's a, yeah. you know when I get that world title, it's really going to be like solidified. So um, I'm waiting for that. Come on, okay. come on. Yo, what's up? This is Raquel, Pretty Beast, and I'm on Contrast Uncut, live and direct. Shout out to Bobby D and Uncle Snoop's Army. We out here. We shining. Let's get it, baby. Let's go.